Yeah. Can you see my baseball? Sure. There. Wow. Avoid the clap, Jimmy Dugan. Wow. That's good advice. All right, folks, let's talk seminars closing out 2020, December 11th through the 13th at Wichita Falls with five spots left. Then to kick off 2021 will be in Wichita Falls on February 5th through the 7th. And then the next seminar after that will be April 16th through the 18th in Wichita Falls. For lifting camps coming up, we have our self-sufficient lifter camp on January 9th in Wichita Falls that covers the squat, the press, and the deadlift, how to film your lifts, and how to diagnose your own technique. For squat-only camps coming up, we'll be in Austin, Texas at Starting Strength Austin on November 14th, then Tel Aviv, Israel on November 21st, then December 5th in Moodus, Connecticut at Anino Strength and Conditioning. For squat and deadlift camps on the list, November 21st in Omaha at Testify Strength and Conditioning, and then our three-lift camp covering the squat, the bench, and the deadlift at 5x3 in Baltimore on November 22nd. Our next coaching development camp on the list will be November 22nd as well in Orlando covering the squat and the deadlift. For meets coming up, December 6th will be in Baltimore for a partner meet covering four lifts. Then Testify Strength and Conditioning in Omaha is just going buck wild with these USA weightlifting meets. We'll have one on December 5th, one on March 13th, April 10th, and May 8th. And then they're going to have their strongman meet on June 26th. Starting Strength gyms are full steam ahead and we continue to add cities to the list. Cincinnati is the latest city to be added. You can come and work out at a Starting Strength gym and get coaching for less than 30 bucks a session. For more information about locations or to request a location, head over to locations.startingstrengthgyms.com. And as usual, for more information on anything that I've talked about, head over to startingstrength.com and check out the right-hand side of the homepage. From the Asgard Company Studios in beautiful Wichita Falls, Texas, from the finest mind in the modern fitness industry, the one true voice in the strength and conditioning profession, the most important podcast on the internet, ladies and gentlemen, starting Strength Radio. Welcome to Starting Strength Radio. Thank you, Mark Wolf, for that wonderful introduction you do for us every week. You probably hadn't been paid in a long time. Get Wolf a check. Okay. Just something. Done. Send him something in the mail. Just because every week he comes in here and intros the show, and it's just fabulous job. He and yeah. He hadn't been paid in a long time. We get a cup of coffee every once in a while. Well, yeah. Let me get him some coffee. Get him a sandwich. Get him an all-sups burrito. Oh, yeah. Do you know how many people in the world don't know what an all-sups burrito is? I didn't know until like? I moved here. It's amazing. It's an amazing thing. They're uh, like $1.29. Yeah. They ought to pay you $5 to eat that guy. If you thing. if you catch it at the right time, it's delicious. Really? About r- right after they made it is the only time it's any good. Right. But that happens, what, once a week? I don't even know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> God almighty. Allsup's is a little convenience store chain here. They all smell the same. If you go into Allsup's to get gas, uh, you'll pay at the pump, You or your judgment is bad enough that you actually walk in the store, you come back out of the Allsup's, and you smell like Allsup's for about an hour. The fryer is next to the cash register. Right. No shit. You'll smell like Allsup's for one clock hour after you get out of the store. Say you go in to buy a bag of Cheetos and a Diet Coke. 
You're fucking up, I'm telling you. <laughs> Don't do that. All right. Uh, so this week is a live Q&A where you call us, me and Nick, and you talk to me through Nick. All right? That's the actual procedure. All right? And, uh, you know, we've been enjoying doing it like this. It's uh, it's entertaining. We never know what you're going to say, what harebrained ass questions you've got come up with for the for the show today. We, we don't know. And that's kind of what makes it fun. You know, sometimes they're good questions. Sometimes they're as bad as comments, comments. From, from the heaters. Oh, we got some doozies this week, right? This first one's actually kind of cool. This podcast is the next logical step in racism. Pink supremacy. Now, I, I like this so much that I think we're going to do a shirt. A pink supremacy shirt. Pink supremacy, pink privilege. What was the third one? Pink activism. No, pink, uh, pink, uh, privilege, supremacy, pink nationalism. That's it. Pink nationalism. What about privilege? Pink privilege. No, that's not I said really that. Oh, you did. You did. Yeah. Yeah. Pink, pink supremacy, pink privilege, pink. Pink nationalism. What's a pink nation look like? Like you. It's like a whole bunch of millions of people like me. Shit. <laughs> 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 oh, shit. Pink supremacy. I love that. Okay. Pink, what uh, about pink guilt? That'd be the next shirt. All right. Rip is like a piece of jagged, hardened steel. Unfortunately, steel rusts. And in Rip's case, turns to the color pink. There you go. There it See? is. People have got their thinking caps on, don't they? Right? Here's a good one. Uh, Phil Farmer says, I can't watch this douche who's never done anything talk about doing something right. Oh, <laughs> uh, oh! Here's a here's a response to uh, the the uh, the Briggs podcast. Y'all are effing. It says that e f f i n g effing clueless and the problem because we presented the data, and that of course is, is the, the problem. problem. Is the problem, yes. In fact. Rip, why don't you have any colored people employees? <laughs> That's the pink supremacy. That's what it is. Pink, hey, pink supremacy. You know, pink's the only non-color. Really. White's a color. Brown's a color. Black's a color. Green, blue, purple, all that shit. Pink is neutral. Pink is the new white. Works for me. Oh, we have any colored people employees? Look, I didn't use that term. Colored people, I didn't say that. He, this, 
douchebag here said that. <laughs> Not me. All right. <laughs> this is basically pretty good. Wow, this guy makes me sleepy. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, here's one. Are you trying to make a propaganda here about bodybuilding? Because bodybuilders are strong people. They just can't lift big weights. <laughs> now there's, a, there's some insight, right? But what's define but what's defined big weights? Power lifting, it's all about learning moving big weights. That's it. The bigger a muscle, the stronger it is. So yeah, every argument about bodybuilders being weak is officially destroyed. There you go. Yeah. I don't know what else there is to be said, you know. It's <laughs> pretty good. It is pretty good. It is pretty good. Uh, oh, to follow up, the reason I don't want to do sets of five like Rip and Dorian Yates is because <laughs> I don't want my long head of the biceps to be rolled down to my forearm. Dorian tore both his biceps and triceps from doing sets of five. And Rip obviously, obviously tore off his biceps doing that. Obviously. It's obvious. Obviously. <laughs> Let's train like those dudes. Oh, shit. Things about me are so obvious. Obviously, yeah. I don't even know why I'm doing this podcast. Oh, shit. Oh, here's a good one. These people are pathetic. No muscle definition. Who's he talking about here? These people. What video is it? Uh, let me see. It says from weak bodybuilder to strong dude. Oh, that's uh, Jim Clare in Denver. It's the Denver, the Denver guy. The member up at Denver. <clears throat> yeah. All right. These people are pathetic. He's pathetic, by the way. All right. These people. Me, too. Yeah. Right. No muscle definition. Nothing of value. Because the only <laughs> thing of value is muscle definition, right? Just tubs of lard. Proud of arbitrary numbers that don't even matter. All right, man. Oh, you've got to love it. You've got to love this razor insight. Okay. Let's see. What else we want to talk about? Oh, this is a good one. Francesco says, It's ironic how this guy... Talks about the government selling you bullshit because they make money off of it. While he wrote a book he's trying to sell us to make money off of. This is in regards to the Briggs podcast. The, the government selling you shit to make money off of it? What the hell are you? Where have you been? What the hell are you talking about? You think the government is in the mask manufacturing business? Oh, my God. I don't know if this is an uh, improvement or uh, we're witnessing the devolution of the commenters. We're witnessing, uh, you know, that, that's a distinct possibility. It could be that. I mean, we're getting the, the illiterate. The socialized. Yeah, we're getting illiteracy here, <laughs> as I'm about to point out. 
and we're getting the effects of social isolation and obediently wearing a mask. That's true. I think everybody CO2 has a staph poisoning. infection in their brain. CO2 poisoning, yeah. CO2 poisoning, staph infection, low O2 set as a result of this mask shit. Hashmuk Mahil says, I have read program routine, it very bad that you proscribe to squats two, three times. You will end up in wheelchair. You, the, the letter U, will end up in wheelchair because you have dried joints. <laughs> dried? Dried. Dried joints. Imagine because being that guy and you going proscribe on a, to squats yeah, three. Days. Going on a strength training channel and thinking your joints are going to be dry. <laughs> there we go. Beautiful. Well, anyway, that's enough wasting of time today with comments, comments from, from the haters. Well, don't need that pen. Got no paper. I, unlike most people, do not scribble on the table. You know why? Because we pay good money for this table. I think fifty dollars. Why would I just? It's good money. Yeah, I think actually this was free along with all the other stuff. Was it? This is the most beautiful table I've got. That dude messed up selling us this. He fucked up. He was just desperate. Yeah. He needed fifty bucks. Yep. Needed a bump. <laughs> you know, got him in a moment of weakness. Yeah, on a low. I mean, look at this. It's beautiful, solid it's gorgeous. wood. Gorgeous. It's got Scott's liquid gold on it. Well, it needs to have Scott's liquid gold. Maybe on it needs it. another it coat. Look like it's got any on it right oh, now. Oh, it's pretty bad at first. Bree got out there with a the sandpaper, hand sanded it. Hand sanded this thing. And then liquid golded you, it. You know, when you put liquid gold on this damn thing, this is gorgeous. It's a pretty table. Yeah. And here I am reading comments from, from the heaters, heaters off of this beautiful fucking table. That's, that's it's wrong at several levels, isn't it? It is, yeah. It's disrespectful of the table. We should bring out the Ikea table. You like table. my cup here? <laughs> my Canadian friend bought this. Oh, a Canadian with a sense yeah. of humor. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. That's good. I think it's a photograph, actually. <laughs> well, okay. Well, okay. What, well, what do you want to do? Do you want All right, to take, I think take we ought to take call? some calls. Let's talk to these people. All right. They've been waiting... With how's their breath? It's always baited it's when baited. they've been waiting. Yeah, right. Baited. All right. Who's the lucky caller? Let's hear. Helen. How's it going? It's going so well. It's just difficult to describe how well things are going. How are you? I'm doing pretty well, all things considered. Good. I had a quick question about programming for the post novice early intermediate. Okay. Specifically for one who wants to cut some body fat, but retain as much muscle as possible. Mm -hmm. Is it better to go just for the purpose of retaining muscle, higher volume or higher intensity with less volume? You know, this has been coming up so frequently over the past couple of years. 
this insane x idea that high volume means hypertrophy and uh, high intensity means something completely different, just real strong, small muscles. I, I don't, I, well, I don't always, understand it, where... It's always tied to a, to a, a body fat <clears throat> a, a recomposition deal, right? Yeah. Where if, if you're in a caloric deficit, you actually need heavier weight and less volume. Yes. Every time, yes. right? Sure, because the more volume you, you train under, the more recovery uh, becomes a problem. And recovery requires calories. All right, here's a fundamental thing that most of you guys don't seem to understand. All right? If you are going to build muscle, then you are also going to be in... Uh, a general anabolic state, which means that everything's going to grow. Now, that means that bone grows and connective tissue grows and body fat grows too. Now, you can skew that in the direction of muscle and away from body fat, but you, if you are going to gain 20 pounds of muscle, you're also going to gain at minimum, probably four pounds of body fat along with it. And this, of course, is unless you're taking a whole bunch of drugs. All right. Let's say for a minute you're not taking a bunch of drugs. All right. You're going to go, you're going to gain 20 pounds of body weight, and you're going to have 16 pounds of that be muscle and four pounds of it be fat. That is pretty good. That is a pretty good body composite, body recomposition. And it's realistic as well. But it's not realistic to talk about uh, gaining or maintaining muscle mass in the absence of a caloric deficit because that doesn't happen. All right. Um, one of the reasons bodybuilders will bulk, quote unquote, in the off season and get you know their body weight way up high lifting heavy weights is to grow muscle mass that also grows body fat and then it's time for a contest four months from now and what do they do they they cut and what happens on the cut is that body fat goes down but so does muscle mass and their job during that phase is try to keep as much of that muscle as they can and this is this is a this is why drugs are very very useful. Anabolic steroids right. are very helpful with that. They skew that equation toward retention of muscle mass and the dry, and the loss of body fat. But in the absence of better lifting through chemistry, you're going to the 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 ratios change, but the general trend remains the same. If you're gaining muscular body weight, you're going to gain some fat. If you're losing body weight, you're going to lose some muscle all at the same time. All these products, they're not separable, all right? And the idea that high volume and high number, 8 to 12 reps, 5 to 6 sets, 8 to 12 reps, you know, with 45 seconds between the sets is somehow the key to all of this is just a way for you to, to have an excuse to not get your deadlift up to 500 pounds. All right. 
what is the what is the man's back with a two hundred pound deadlift look like versus that same man with a five hundred pound deadlift? Well, I you know if you don't know that the answer to that question, you need to think about it real hard. And then the second most important question becomes: How do you get your deadlift from two hundred to five hundred? Fives. Okay. Now, if you have been training fifteen years and you are making money on the bodybuilding circuit, then you're entitled to your own opinions about that. You may be wrong, but your genetics and your drugs may fix it up so it doesn't matter if you're wrong. But you kids in the audience who are trying to get big need to remember that strong is big because the primary method by which a muscle gets stronger is hypertrophy. So if you cause the muscle to get stronger, you are, pre, you, are, you are creating the circumstances under which hypertrophy occurs. Well, I think the, the fundamental problem is that the, the definition of strong is getting mixed up. So you've got people who are able to be convinced that heavy does not equal strong. Yeah, it's like this fool that in the comments from the haters, you know, you're just learning to lift heavier weights. Right. Yeah. You, it's a, it's a skill. See, it's not really a force production. Well, it, it's both. Event. It's, it's a it's skill. It's both, but it turns out that it also, it, it is turns out that if you're not producing strength, well, it, it, it also turns out that if you're not strong enough to lift it, that you can't. all the skill in the world is not going to, yeah. you know, and the, look in the absence of, of caller in the absence of heavy, of, of very heavy weights, volume, uh, quote unquote volume is meaningless. It doesn't matter how much volume you do if it's not heavy enough yeah. to matter. And five people- sets of five sets of eight to twelve reps uh, with forty five seconds rest at one thirty five on the deadlift is CrossFit. Is CrossFit? It makes you makes you yeah. And so the the people the people who kind of uh, who who you see promoting this stuff are already either very very strong and or on a lot of drugs. Um, and don't really know what it's like to train normal people who are not already strong. Right. Right. Or, or that maybe they don't train people at all. So if, if your goal is to change your body composition, unless you're deadlifting 600 plus pounds, you need to continue adding weight to the bar, reducing volume because you're in a caloric deficit. But really, I mean, unless you're, you're obese, you don't. You should. You probably shouldn't reduce calories at all, and just keep focus on getting strong. So, in other words, if you're not if you're not squatting and deadlifting a whole bunch of weight, make that your focus, and the body composition stuff comes along. Yeah. Unless you've been fat your whole life, you know. You know, it's it's uh, it, it, it really is very simple. You train to get strong, and you eat to train to get strong. All right. And then if you find, you know, as a, as a 30-year-old man deadlifting six and a quarter, you know, benching four and a quarter, squatting six, that 25% body fat is just, is just not tolerable, well, then do something about it. But if, you, if, if at any point prior to that you interrupt, the natural process of this growth of muscle mass and strength, all you're doing is handicapping your ability to get stronger and thus bigger. Stronger is bigger. Yep. 
Okay, I I don't know how you know this this ex fizz bullshit about you know your uh, the first six months of training is nothing more than neuromuscular efficiency improvements and there's no hypertrophy for the first they just won't die yeah it won't go away I don't understand how this nonsense from college ex fizz has permeated an industry where every single time programming is done correctly, we see muscle growth taking place immediately. That's what we see. That's normal. That's what happens. All right? The other shit doesn't happen unless you're not eating enough. Your muscles get bigger starting the first day that you start training. And the reason for that is that the same stress that produces an increase in neuromuscular efficiency also produces hypertrophy. You can't separate the two effects, all right? Except that hypertrophy lasts. The potential for hypertrophy continues to develop long, long after neuromuscular efficiency peaks. Yep. All right. Thanks for the call. The, the thing, uh, the other part that goes along with this that everybody forgets is that sh- strong is way further out than most men realize. Yes. You know, we've got the, the 200, 300, 400, 500 deal, and that's just getting started. That's just, that's, I mean, that's, that's first nine months. Yeah. And that, that's, that's, first that's where you need to get to, but strong is, strong is around there or beyond that, depending on how big you are naturally or how tall mm-hmm. you are. Uh, you know, everybody thinks that when they're squatting 275, they're, they're quote unquote strong. Mm-hmm. Or deadlifting three fifteen. You know, you 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 people don't understand uh, a three fifteen deadlift. I mean, all of the girls in the gym can do three fifteen. You know, three fifteen is not a men's deadlift. It's uh, uh, you know, this is this is a this is a giant problem because that that impression persists up into the division one college levels, you know, if you're a D one college strength coach and everybody on your scholarship teams are not deadlifting 450, you need to be fired because you don't know what the fuck you're doing. 450 is baseline strength for a young male. That's baseline strength. Any idiot can get a kid on a scholarship to a 450 deadlift. And if none of the people on your team is deadlifting 450, you need another job. Sell, you know, insurance, real estate, air conditioning equipment. But don't be a strength coach because you don't know what the hell you're doing. All right. All right, Simon, talk to me. All right. So I talked to you a little over a month ago. We we had a good conversation, I thought, about the – latest political happenings of our time. Um, right. Well, you thought, you know. Um, heading into the election now less than a week out, I was curious if you have any hopes and dreams for a, uh, a Trump presidency going forward. I got to say, I'm a little uh, nihilistic about it. I didn't feel like he did a whole lot the past four years, even when he had all three branches for the first two of them. Uh seems like there's a, a sort of a callous indifference. You know, I, I, I heard him at a rally uh, about a week ago 
saying that he was aware of a lot of these tech problems in 2017, but he just didn't really take it seriously. So, I mean, he's basically admitting to gross incompetence there. Oh, oh, Simon, I don't, I don't think you can consider that the man's admitting to gross incompetence. I think, uh, I don't think that there's anything about Donald Trump that constitutes gross incompetence. Now, you and I may disagree with some of his priorities, but I think you'll have to admit that the lowest unemployment rate in several key demographics in the history of the statistic is quite an accomplishment. I think the removal. I, I think the removal. Simon, don't Simon, don't talk over me. I, I'm saying extremely brilliant shit here, and you're and you're we're having a fight instead of a discussion. So. And I always win these things anyway. You know how I talk over everyone. So you know what I'm going to do, so shut up a minute. All right. You've got the lowest level of regulation in, you know, you, you, well, let me say, you've got the highest level of reduction of regulation in a long time. Uh, long, long, long time. And you've got uh, the lowest tax rate, the lowest effective tax rate. Uh, in a long, long, long time. And let's look and see what that has done. It has accomplished uh, all these other employment numbers that everyone's happy with, and everybody's working, and everybody's making money, and businesses were growing, and everything was just fine until, for some reason, this thing had to be shut down. Now, uh, I don't think that it's terribly difficult to see the numbers that came out this week from uh, uh, the uh, uh, Department of Commerce, the the, uh, the statistics that came out in terms of GDP growth. And if you take the V out of that thing, then what you'll see is a continuation of the previous slope of that line. Uh the reason for that is that because is because that in macro this is a very strong economy because of the things that Donald Trump caused to occur the first 3 years of his presidency now uh no one is more uh aware of the fact that this covid-19 farce has been the most significant disruption to the history of civilization, uh, certainly since World War II and probably probably including World War II. Uh, but I, I, you know, and there's some stuff that Donald Trump needs to do. You know, sure. I, I, I got to say, though, if, if I may, uh, about the, the economy, I don't think it, it's been as strong for everyone as you might think or that the numbers might show. For example, you talk about uh, lowest unemployment in several key demographics, but that excludes one that I think is perhaps most notable of all in the United States. White men have not seen much success in the past four years. Uh, he's a racist. I was actually happy you cited the Bureau of Labor. Simon's obviously a racist. Because they had an interesting data piece in there that Asian women now actually have higher incomes than white men for the first time in history. Yeah, that I, I'll admit, I'll be the first to admit that that's, that's obviously an injustice and that it's wrong and it should be done something about. 
Asian women should be rounded up like Roosevelt did and put in camps and shit. What, what frustrates me, though, is, is you have these groups that are doing very well under Trump, basically everyone who's not a white male or a straight white male. And yet when you listen to Trump on the campaign rally in the closing month, you know, he's, he's got his platinum plan for the blacks, right. $500 billion. He's got his great American dream plan or whatever for the Mexicans or the Hispanics or whatever he wants to, you know, Latinx, whatever the trendy term is this month. Um, but, you know, it seems like there's a total abdication from either party of, you know, really white people in general, but especially, uh, especially white men. Um, okay. So the whites leaving the Republican Party is the most interesting trend in politics. Oh, that's not so. So, uh, uh, all right, Simon, Simon, listen to me, honey. That's bullshit. A and B. What are you going to do? Vote for Joe Biden? Vote for the Harris Biden ticket? Because you're mad at Donald Trump? Because Asian women are are more employed than you and me? Is that what you're going to do? I don't think. I don't. I think you're not seeing. White men are relegated to the fringes. Simon, oh, they're not relegated. Simon, shut the fuck up. White men are not relegated to the fringes any more than anybody else is relegated to the fringes. All right? We're not relegated to the fringes. Some of us like to operate at the fringes. Yeah, just turn him off. Some of us like to operate at the fringes, but we're not being relegated to the fringes. Nobody relegates me. Right? Do I look like I'm relegatable? <laughs> I'm not relegated to anything, you know, uh, up till just recently. In fact, I was perfectly happy in January when absolutely nobody was fucking with me, right? But now everybody is fucking with me, and I don't like that, and that's not Donald Trump's fault. He's failed to do some shit he should have done. He's not done some stuff that he should have done. He's done things he shouldn't have done. But look at the whole. Look at the whole here. Uh, interest rates are way too damn low because the national debt is way too high. Okay? And uh, that's, that's a serious problem, you know, for retirees and people that are, that are counting on being able to make money on investments. You know, there's, there's a lot of things that are wrong, but he's been there for three and a half years. You know, let's give him some more time and see what he comes up with. And I'll bet that even you are going to be happy by 2024. Hello. Hello. You are on Starting Strength Radio. That's Welcome to Starting Strength Radio. Hello. With Hi. Mark Ripito. Welcome to the show. Hi. Hello. All right, get rid of him. Oh Let's, man, come on, come on, man, come on, man! <laughs> you got it's sitting there. Got to be ready. You got to be ready to go. Got to be ready to go. Uh, a guy on the comments, Phil Philip Yazbek, just said, "Rip just made me feel like a little bitch." Mission accomplished. <laughs> Good. Good. Maybe he doesn't squat, deadlift. He doesn't. Yet. He doesn't deadlift yeah. three fifteen. He thinks that's strong. You are on Starting Strength Radio with Mark Ripito. <laughs> Hey, Rip, how's it going? Good, good, good. How are you? I'm doing all right. I've got a uh, programming question. All right. So about the last two weeks, I was up to 
squatting 300 pounds and deadlifting about 335, 340, which given your comments just now, definitely not D1 athletes. Might. No, 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 no. That's inadequate. But go ahead. <laughs> but um, my question with that is like the last two weeks, for whatever reason, even my warm-up sets had felt absolutely like I was just gassed. And I don't know if it was like stress or just I was I felt like I was sleeping well enough. But for whatever reason, even warming up around like 275 in terms of squats just felt exhausting. And it almost felt like I was unable to barely get through anything. I'm thinking it could just be nutrition. Maybe I'm just not eating enough at this point. That's usually usually the case. Uh, how many reps are you doing with 275 before your work set? So before the work set, um, usually about two to three reps, around 275, just to try and make sure the muscles are still warming. Well, that should be a single, not, not a triple. Uh, last warm up should always be a single, uh, but I, uh, the situation is almost always if your sleep's in order, then you're you've got some bizarre notion of a cut in your mind with respect to your diet. How many grams of protein are you eating a day? Um, usually about two to two twenty five. I'm six foot three and weigh two hundred and thirty five pounds. Well, you're un under eating protein and how many, uh, what's your total calorie intake? Um, usually right about now between about 3,500 to about 4,000, depending, which I'm thinking I probably just need to even up that a little bit more given the weight I'm starting to lift. You need a protein drink. I don't normally advise a protein drink, but you're a classic example of a guy that needs about a 70 gram of whey protein, isolate protein drink. Uh, and about 750 calories in a protein drink added to what you're already doing now. If you do that, everything will get better immediately. But uh, that having been said, have you videoed any of these sets that you said felt like shit? Yeah, well, not the ones that it felt like shit. Like lately, it's not been as bad i cut down the weight a little bit and i'm just starting to work my way back up again well it's always easier to cut down the weight you know and they will fit lightweights do feel better than heavyweights but that's not my question my question is did you video one of the sets that looked like shit or you say felt like shit rather and what did it look like was the bar speed lower the bar speed coming back up was a lot slower than what it normally was and i was trying to like break down everything I was trying to do. And I posted onto some of the starting strength forums on Reddit. Just oh, that Reddit is the wrong place to post anything. <laughs> My God, you might as well have posted that on a, on the uh, community bulletin board at a state hospital, <laughs> you know, in the COVID ward, in the COVID ward of a state hospital. <laughs> In the, in the ward for the criminally insane, you know, like people that eat each other's organs and shit, that's where you might as well, as a, you know, if you're posted on Reddit, that's where you want to put it, you know. But here, all right, here's the problem. Over and over and over again, we have proven to ourselves, those of us that are paying attention, that your perceptions of the effort are 
absolutely and completely unreliable. Things that feel like shit may, in fact, not look like shit and may not be like shit. I have this happen to me all the time. All the time. I, in fact, I've recently, I, I don't even remember if I put this on the podcast or if I said this in a seminar one time where we've got a, you know, I, I was doing box squats one night and I, everything felt like shit. 135 felt like shit. The empty bar felt like shit. I'd been feeling like shit. Back's been hurting. SI joints been bothering me. 135 felt like shit. I did three or four sets with 135. Went to two and a quarter. Everything felt like shit. Two and a quarter felt like shit. 275 felt like absolute shit. So I'm going to do 305, and I'm going to do a triple and uh, with 305. And I've got it, – it felt like such shit that I – got a couple of spotters. Normally I don't use spotters when I train, but I've just, everything felt so bad. And I thought, you know, I'm going to get, I'm going to die. So I had these guys come over and look at it. So I took the first rep, took the set out of the rack, did the first rep, went down, paused on the box, came back up and said, Oh my God, that really felt like shit. And, uh, well, but I'm here. I made, I tried the next one, you know, see what happens. So I did the second rep, and it felt even worse. It felt like shit. It felt like if I did a third rep that I was going to die. But I'm an old guy. I don't care if I die. So I took the third rep down, stood back up, felt grindy and slow, and looked, you know, felt like the worst thing that had ever happened to me. So I racked it, and I'm standing there feeling sorry for myself at the fucking rack. And I said, I, God, you know, those things, they really felt like shit. And both of the spotters said they all three looked exactly the same. They looked exactly the same. I said, that is not possible. That third, the third rep had to have taken twice as long as the first two. It had to have taken. The bar speed had to be low. They said it was this, both of them agreed. It was the same effort. Now, my perception of the effort at that point is irrelevant, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting because it makes this wonderful story, but in terms of the actual training effort, if the bar speed is the same, then the force production is the same. All right. My, my point here is that your perception of what that felt like is of little use. And it is, it, it is of, absolutely no use if your perception of a warm-up is then used to alter the programming for the work sets that day if you allow that to happen you're just being a fucking pussy and it's wonderful to give yourself permission to be a pussy and and call it rpe okay but it doesn't alter the fact that you're giving yourself permission to be a fucking pussy. Because you don't know you can't do it until you fail it. You don't know. I've been doing this 43 years. And I don't know. All right? And you don't know. All right? Until you, until you do it, you don't know. 
Now, I understand things feel like shit, and your situation is probably your diet. That's probably true, but do not use difficulty to make things lighter because lighter is not stronger. Strength is production of force against an external resistance, and strength doesn't go up unless the external resistance goes up, and that's all there is to it. Okay? Your bar speed and your uh, how the rep feels is – look at those as just data points, um, you know, things to consider. But if you – you, you want to have some objective measures, which is the weight on the bar is, is the most important, right? So the weight on the bar has to go up. And then for a guy, your height and your weight, uh, if, if you're not steadily increasing in body weight, you know, whatever, a pound a week, pound every other week or something, uh, and – the bar speed is slowing down, and your warm-ups feel like shit, it's time to increase your, your calories. And uh, you're, you're there now. You know, the rich and advice is in, solid. Yeah, you're there. You're in a situation. You're just not eating enough protein, not enough food. Yeah, because I've been stuck. I've been probably sitting at around 235 now for at least a month or so. And he's 6'3". He's, you're 6'3". You need to think in terms of 275. Your best numbers are going to happen at 275, 300. All right. And by best numbers, I mean uh, squats, deadlifts, and high six. Yeah. You know, that that's possible without a power lifting uh, specification, uh, specialization. A specialization. Okay. Thanks for the call, man. Some dude named Brett Bordelon just, just gave you $100. Why? So you could pay Bree, I guess. Now we can pay Bree something. Well, whatever you think. Okay. He probably recognized the fact that uh, me calling him a fucking pussy was true and constructive. We can ask people for money. We don't ask people we for money, ask but people for they can money. give us money if they want. They can pay burritos. <laughs> I don't know what you, makes you think that you're going to get the money. Just because somebody gave it. has got to go through Ripito. You know, we may need it to... You got one fucking foot out the door. We may need it to correct some horrible fucking mistake that you've already made, you know. You know, you might have made a $300 mistake, and you're only a third of the way good on that. If this guy's 100 bucks gets applied to your 300 mistakes, you won't eat it. I'm not going to buy you white paste. You know what she ate today? She told me it was... A chicken, a boiled chicken breast. No, it's better White rice. No, cream of rice. And ground beef. Cream of rice and, green and ground sauce. beef with green hot sauce Sh- on top. Bree's so exciting. <laughs> There's just no telling what she'll do next. I just don't feel She's like... She's like a... She goes, I just don't feel like fixing rice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. There we go. <laughs> okay. Let's do another one here, shall we? <laughs> Welcome to Starting Strength Radio. Hey, Rip, thanks for having me on, man. Oh, this guy. Oh, who's this guy? I don't know. He's got a good voice, though. He's got a frog in his throat. Are you sick, or is this just the way you talk? Oh, I got the deadly COVID-19, man. He's he's COVID-19 dead. (laughs) There's no more dead than COVID-19 dead. Yeah, but but I I play football and uh, wanted to ask you a question. Um, our strength coach is going through a little phase. Uh, oh, no. 
the eccentric and isometric variations of the compound lift, the bench, and the squat. Right. I kind of wanted to know what you thought about the uh, well, at the bottom or go down for three seconds. What do you think I think about it? Let's see how much you know. What do you think I think about it? Place for them somewhere, but probably not for 20-year-old football players. No. Uh, you realize, of course, that the reason we use these lifts is because they already have concentric, isometric, and eccentric components. You can't execute them without all three things happening in the appropriate place at the appropriate time in the appropriate part of the kinetic chain. Your, not, and not just your strength coach. Uh, strength coaches, as a general rule across this industry, feel it necessary to justify their existence by coming up with complicated ways to do shit that should be simple. You know, get the deadlift. It doesn't matter what the what the descent time and the time under tension, all that other shit. Did your deadlift go up from 365 to 575 during the two years that you were with the strength coach? If it did, he's doing his job. If it didn't, he's not doing his job. That's all there is to it. In other words, does he know how to show you how to deadlift correctly? And then go up five pounds on your set of five. I understand that it would be, you know, a lot more romantic if there was some kind of trick to this, but there's not a trick to it. It's go up five pounds is the trick. Go up five pounds. Can you go up five pounds? Then you need to go up five pounds because that means you're stronger. And Anything that involves not going up five pounds is not getting the job done. I mean, you understand this, right? Yes, sir. I mean, you understand this. All right. Why doesn't he understand this? Is he just not particularly intelligent? Or is he one of these people that thinks that complexity is necessary instead of simplicity? You understand that complexity appeals to stupid people. If it looks, yeah, it, if it looks fancy, and it, <laughs> it looks it looks fancy and complicated and shit, then when the athletic director walks downstairs and sees all the kids in the weight room doing something complicated, then the athletic director will say, "Man, that looks complicated. I don't even know what he's doing. I guess he must be doing the right thing. Let's keep him on for the next year." Right. Yeah, I'm sorry. Me deadlifting 710 pounds is a little less sexy, I guess. Yeah, yeah, that'd be that's less sexy than you're doing uh, 375 pounds with a pause on the way down and on the way up or whatever insane shit he comes up with to have you look complicated. So, uh, I, and I wish I could tell you what to do about it. All I can tell you is that. You know you need to be strong, and if he won't let you get strong in his weight room, then you're going to have to go to another one and do your own strength and conditioning and just go in for him and sandbag so it doesn't interfere with your actual training. <laughs> oh, shit. 
Thanks for the call, man. Seems like the same issues every time we do this. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Somebody wants to do high volume on a cut. Somebody calls because their coach is shitty. And then we get Simon. <laughs> and then Simon calls in. Hey, you know when this Simon runs, calls in. we'll have a, a, a have had an election and the United States will be on fire. Yeah. Yes. No, you're, you're absolutely right. We're recording this uh, on Thursday, the Thursday before next Tuesday's November 3rd election. Friday. Today. Significant portions of the Democrat uh, do what? Friday. Oh, it's Friday. Oh, shit. We're even closer because Rusty <laughs> fucked up. All right. The. Uh, well, Bree fucked up too, but he's responsible and you're not. So. Uh, Anyway, it's Friday. We got three, four days till the election. And when you are watching this, it will be the Friday after the election, just so you'll know. In your bunker. The, the miracle of uh, mechanical reproduction. You're going to be in your bunker, and ashes are going to be raining down on you from the fires set by the rioters, uh, especially if you live in the Democrat administration. And, man, I don't know what to tell you. Don't, I don't come know what to Texas. Do. I, we don't want you here. I mean, we're already halfway fucked. You know, we got Austin to deal with. And Abbott. Abbott. Abbott, who we had high hopes for, who has allowed Florida to out Texas, Texas. <laughs> That's right. Ah. It's unbelievable. Georgia. And so... Georgia, Georgia out Texas, Texas. I'll say in the words of Joe Biden, come on, man. Come on, man. South Dakota out Texas in Texas. Come on, man. God damn it. Amazing. It's just amazing. All right, let's talk to somebody else here. Here we go. All right. All right, talk to me. My name is Dan. I'm from Minnesota. Um, All right. I'm going to get right to it because I've been wanting to ask you this question for a while. All right. Um. Most of my friends and family that work out focus on aesthetics. Sure. I'm the only one in my group that focuses on strength. And you're the one, you're the best looking one of the bunch, aren't you? Well, that's exactly where we're going with the question is I am in the 19 to 20% body fat range. It's just a guess because I don't give a shit. Right. Good. All about strength. Right. I want to be strong. And this is the best quote I've ever heard in my life. I think you'll agree it'll be up there is when you get old, you're only as old as your back is. And I want a strong fucking back when I get old, yep. you know? So anyway, I want to get to the question. Um, tell me your thoughts on the difference between the mentality of somebody who's focusing on aesthetics and doesn't realize that lowering their body fat percentage too much can harm their immune system, can cause them to, um, go through more injuries and overall it's additional stress that you're putting on your brain that you don't need sure um, versus what i do is i literally just focus on the numbers and um healing post-workout um yeah. i listen to my body um just a quick my numbers i'm I, i'm five foot seven i'm 180 pounds i uh, deadlift 430 i squat 420 i bench 300 
I know that's not strong in your book. No, no, that's not bad for for five seven one eighty. That's not bad. I think you'll be happier at at one ninety eight. Uh, that's yeah. I need to get there. I need to know. eat more. <laughs> but it'll you know you you know that so you're not you're not laboring under the delusion that you need to try to try to get stronger uh, at the same body weight because that doesn't happen under normal circumstances. That doesn't happen unless you've got a whole bunch of body fat to lose, and you don't. Like if your if your you know body fat was thirty five percent, this would be a different conversation. But it's not. You know, you're you're nineteen twenty percent body fat, which is normal male body fat. You know, uh, I I can hear the screaming now. No, no, you need to be as low a body fat as you. No, 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 human. Look, humans aren't designed. Humans aren't designed to have paper-thin skin. That's not how humans evolved. We don't do that. We store fat sub-Q. That's part of the species. Horses don't do that, but people do, okay? And people have developed the ability to store sub-Q body fat through uh, hundreds of thousands of years of evolution. It's a good place to carry extra calories, it affords protection from blows. There's lots and lots of insulation. There's lots of things that sub-Q body fat does. It doesn't need to be 35%. But to think that it needs to be 8% is insane. All right? Now, where have these people come up with this aesthetic image that they carry around in their brains that burden their ability to train effectively? Well, the bodybuilding magazines, the internet, all the, all this glorification of abs that started back in the 1960s with the, with, yeah. the, with the magazines. It hadn't gone away. For, I mean, we don't really have magazines anymore, but for decades, uh, the Weeder organization was very, very good at getting their products on the magazine shelves at the checkout stands of the grocery store. How many hundreds of millions of people saw that and had it burned into their brain that abs and low body fat and vascularity and uh, uh, extreme muscularity were normal human attributes and were healthy. People don't understand. People don't understand that... People don't understand that that type of low body fat, that extreme uh, low body fat situation is a little snapshot in six months worth of training. That's when the photo session was taken. Photo session was taken at the peak of this development. And it lasts for a few hours one day. But that's what, we, that's what we're shown over and over and over. That's what we're shown. And everybody thinks it looks cool because you've been taught to think it looks cool. And, uh, and as a result of that, uh, you carry around this, what is actually a false perception of aesthetic goodness. All right. When in reality, uh, the male physique looks its best at, between 15 and 20% body fat with a big neck with prominent traps with big shoulders big forearms not necessarily big biceps but big forearms 
a waist that drops down from the lats, and hips that go backward and out to instead of out to the side, and a and a, and bigger quads. That's in clothes like most of us aren't. You know, like naked in the fucking grocery store and shit. You know, in clothes that is the aesthetic appearance that the vast majority of both men and women recognize as a masculine ideal. All right. If you go to the grocery store in your clothes and you've got razor abs at a body weight of 165 and you're, and you're five, nine, what do you look like in clothes? You look like a guy that doesn't train. Like a skinny dude. Right. You look like a little skinny guy. It doesn't matter what your abs look like. We, nobody can see the goddamn things. And nobody cares about them either. Right? An impressive male physique, starting at the top, is big neck, big traps, wide delts, gnarly-looking forearms, a waist smaller than the lats, and a sweeping quad and, a, and hips that go back, prominent hips, your glutes. And where does all that come from? It comes from deadlifts and squats and presses, right? Even your pecs don't matter that much. Pecs are a, a relatively recent phenomenon, you know? Yeah, really, no shit. If you'll look at the Roman statues, do you notice prominent pecs on Roman statues? Those Roman statues were ideals of the physique 2000 years ago, right? And look what they were so look what they were showing traps, forearms, sweep of a lat, big legs, big hips, right? Ignore the tiny wiener. Ignore the tiny wiener. Cause that's a fashion thing. They didn't have BBC porn back then, right? <laughs> Nobody had figured What's out. What's that? What's the BBC? Uh, it's, it's irrelevant. All right, I'll, Google. Uh, all right, so, I'll Google it. Yeah, Google that. And <laughs> there might be kids listening. So, uh, oh, there are kids listening. <laughs> you know how many kids we educate every week? <laughs> In ways their parents don't want them to be educated. So, he's, he's shuffling the kids out right so now. So <laughs> the situation is that your, your people, your, your buddies with this warped, uh, view of aesthetics are just typical, typical 21st century human beings. The poor things. You, if the last nine months of this fucking insanity hadn't taught us anything, it has taught us that the general public is like a little baby bird in the nest with its mouth open, waiting to be fed by mama anything they stick in the little baby bird's mouth the baby bird will swallow because it's just a little baby bird and they're not capable of anything else they're not capable of discernment general public has an iq of 105 it's just you know you and i they can't make their own choices no no they, they've been taught not to They've been taught not to. And guys like you and me, guys like you and me who think for themselves are assholes, aren't we? We are perceived as assholes. Who do you know that's an asshole? A classic asshole. He's a guy that 
won't just play along, right? Yeah. Yeah, just we're, we're assholes. I'm real sorry, but I don't mind being considered an asshole. It doesn't bother me at all. You know, if I was perceived as one of these go-along, get-along guys in the grocery store with a mask, I'd be... I'd be embarrassed. I'd be ashamed of myself. One more quick question for you, and then I'm sure there's other callers. Yeah, we've got everything I want. But real quick, just talk about the benefits. For This is for non-competitors who strength train, who want to be strong, and specifically strong in older age in their 40s, 50s, and 60s. That's my goal. My goal, I don't give a shit about right now. I want to be that dad in 20 years that, when you take my daughter on a date, you think twice about being respectful. You know, that's kind of my dream. Sure. But talk about the benefit of when you don't think about body fat and you just forget body fat. Obviously, if you're under obesity, which you were saying 35%, right? So we're not talking about that. We're talking about, you know, 15 to 20, 25% people yeah. that work out. Talk about the benefits of, the, uh, of your immune system, how you can fight off bacteria, viruses, and like you said, also the physical aspect of you carry more fat, you got more cushion, you, you, right. know, you bump into something, you don't get right. hurt. So just talk about the benefits of forget all these little boys who are talking about getting skinnier. Talk about the benefit of forget fat and just focus on strength training. And you're going to slowly notice that your muscles get bigger, lose a little bit of fat and you feel great. I feel great. I don't get sick. No, I understand. I, I know what you're asking. Thanks for the call. Uh, all right, here's the situation. All right, we live in a horribly obese society. Uh, we live in a society where people sit around on their ass, on the couch, eat chips and drink Cokes and get fat. All right, the, the typical American is a fat person, right? I mean, just go look in the, go to the grocery store if you can stomach it and, uh, and look around you. Uh, there is a. It is necessary to understand that we need to be concerned about body fat. All right, that's that's a necessary thing because most people in this in this country are fat. Uh, and we're not advocating for thirty percent body fat. We're not advocating for twenty five percent body fat. Even though I'm twenty five percent body fat, but I'm sixty four. You know. I mean, I can't do the, physically the shit that I used to be able to do because of injuries and age. Uh, but if you're if you're a 25 year old guy and you're carrying 25 percent body fat, that's probably a little bit too high. If you're at 30 percent body fat, that's unnecessarily high. I'm not saying everybody needs to be fat, but to his point, if you are a 65 year old man and you are five eight and you weigh 155 pounds, and you're skinny, you look like a runner, you know, you're the picture of what everybody considers to be health. Versus the same guy that's 5'8", that weighs 225 at the age of 65, and both of you get pneumonia. Who gets out of it the easiest? Now, this is something you need to think about if you're 65. If you're a 65-year-old runner and you've intentionally kept your body weight down to 155, or even worse, if you're uh, 
a guy that works hard and has not eaten enough and find him, finds himself tired and, and used up at the end of every single day and you're weighing 155, you're not eating enough, and you get sick. Body weight helps fight this off, okay? There are serious, important components of your immune system that are contained within your muscle mass. And a more robust body composition is much more able to fight off a bunch of inflammation than is a little skinny guy's body. Uh, you know, little skinny guys that are old or frail. That's really the term. They're frail. And frailty kills people. All right? You're familiar with it killing your grandmother. You don't think of your grandfather in those terms, but it's the same thing. Uh, frailty is associated with a very light body weight. Don't be the skinny guy. And don't go through your 20s, 30s, 40s, and 50s thinking that 155 is a good body weight because it's not. You know, the, the, lower, the lowest total morbidity is kind of in the belly of that reverse bell curve that is found at BMIs that are overweight, and slightly obese. That's where people do the best. All right, this is not, this has been looked at, and it's not my data, it's data. All right, and uh, I, I, he's, he's right, caller's correct. It's just a matter of, uh, of being able to wrap your head around the idea that visible abs are not the mirror of your health. Right, your strength is the mirror of your health, and your strength is better at a heavier body weight. All right, All right. look, don't ask a stupid question, okay? This is probably going to be the last one because the show's getting too long. All right, hello, hello, how are you? Um, I have a uh programming question. Um, COVID made me redo LP as most people have. I'm six four. I'm. I think I'm a little bit under body weight. I know you're going to tell me that. I'm two twenty five. I uh, squatted three fifty five for three sets of five today, and deadlifted one set of five three fifty five, and benched two ten for five sets of three. And my question is: Is I'm moving in the early intermediate programming? Do you favor? I'm also twenty five years old. Do you favor like a four day split, or more of a Texas method or heavy light medium type type programming? I favor you're not deciding to go to an intermediate program yet because you don't need to do it. At 6'4", 225, your numbers ought to be way up in the fours for the squat and the deadlift. Your bench ought to be approaching 300. Your press ought to be, you know, in the high ones up toward 200 pounds. I don't think that you are uh, anywhere near the end of your novice progression. I think you need to gain about 20 more pounds, and I think you just need to keep adding weight every workout until that no longer works. So you're already making plans to fail. So you're fucking up. I mean, I can I can see things slowing down. The last you can see, but you can, 
you could see things slowing down at six four and two twenty five. Right. Okay. They don't have to slow down because you don't have to be six four and two twenty five. How long do you take between? Let's go through the first three questions. All right. How long do you take between your work sets? Uh, right now, eight, seven and a half to eight minutes. It's not long enough. Okay. Take 10 minutes between your work sets. All right. How many calories a day are you eating and how many grams of protein is included in that? Having about 225 grams of protein and 4,000 calories. This sounds like this previous guy. This is the second time I've talked to you today. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you take your take your protein up to three hundred, and take your calories up to forty five hundred? You're a big man. You can you need to eat more than you're eating. All right, you're sleeping okay, right? Yeah, eight hours. I you know I, I this this is a situation where we don't need to talk about intermediate programming for you right now. Now, when it comes time for intermediate, how old are you? 25. You have a job and shit and you work and responsibilities, that sort of thing? Yes, I do. Well, I, you know, under those circumstances, Texas method is hard to do because the workouts are very time consuming. Five sets of five. Monday's workout in the Texas method takes about two, two and a half hours. There's no way to make it shorter than that. Well, he asked about a four day right. split and that's exactly. And a four day split is exactly, exactly what, you what, what you ought to do. Four-day split's exactly what you ought to do, but not now. You're still a novice. Oh, you're months. You're a couple months at least. You're away. two months, three months maybe away from needing to do this. But you're five pounds for sixteen weeks now. So you know that's why I thought. But but, but your numbers. I understand that, but your numbers do not indicate that your your numbers, your body weight, and your height don't indicate that you're near the end of your potential. For the novice progression. How many more weeks you think I got? I think two, three months. It, it, look, if you do it, if you do it right, meaning that you're two twenty-five right now. So at the end of, at the end of two months, you you should be at two forty, uh, two forty-five, two forty-five, two forty-five, yeah. and then you continue your LP. You've got two to three months. Yeah, you know, and that's perfectly reasonable for a guy your size. It certainly is, it. and I, you know, you're in a real good situation here. Yep, you know, you've got the potential to get real fucking strong, and if you'll just take advantage of it uh, by eating enough, you know, you're you're not anywhere close to being through with this. You you may find that you're dead. You may deadlift five oh five at the end of this. That's right. At the end of this novice thing. That's right. How you know, long, I would I would expect that you would deadlift five oh five at the end. How of long this have you been at a body weight of two twenty five? Uh, it has kind of stagnated. So I started the LP at two oh five, and I've eaten my way up to two twenty five. But I've probably been there for two to three weeks now. Yeah, look, man, uh, you you, just, you gain you gain another fifteen twenty five pounds, and uh, and yeah. and magic will happen. Yep, you just you have no idea. You have no idea. Eat more, add five pounds, go on up. So, but yeah, no, I, I definitely, thanks for the advice and thanks sure. for the help. And... All right. Good luck. Cool. Thanks for the call. All right. You want to do one more? Let's do it. Let's do one more. All right. This is the last call because you got shit to do. And much more importantly, we got shit to do. Let's hope it's a good one. 
Hello, Rip. How are you? I'm fine. You? Pretty good. Thank good. you for picking up on the call. Sure. I have a quick programming question. All right. I'm, uh, I've been training uh, just specifically on the linear progression for about five months since uh, Ohio decided to open up the gym. Um, before then, I was just into like bodybuilding, you know, eating like shit here and there, going to the weight room. And uh, it was mostly just, you know, sets of eight, sets of ten. Yeah. And uh, since I started, everything obviously went up. I gained about 20 pounds. I'm 180, 5 foot 11. Um, I just have a question about my bench press. It's, um, I should mention that I have a, a labral tear in the right shoulder. Mm-hmm. And uh, I saw PT about that. And ironically, he told me to keep going to the gym and lifting heavy, which was surprising for a doctor. But, well, he's a PT. He's not a doctor. Awesome. What was that? He's a PT. He's not a doctor. Right. Well, most of the time they'll tell you to not hold it off with the yeah, weight or do light shit. They're in solidarity. I know you're right. <laughs> yeah. Well, PTs think they're doctors. Yeah. And, uh, I got an MRI about that, but I'm still waiting for it. But the labral tear is what we think it is. And I'm wondering if that's what's halting my bench because my, my squat went up from about 225 to 350 deadlift from 250 to 395 but the bench has only gone up about what 40 pounds i'm only at 220 right now well what's stopping you the pain uh yeah it might be a situation where i'm eating too much but i had a question regarding you're not eating too much at your 511 180 you're not eating too much is the what's stopping the progress in the bench the pain it, I was thinking it was pain, but it never really gets to the point where I can't bench anymore. It just hurts, and then I give it a day, and it's back to normal. No, I'm talking about during the execution of a set of five with another two and a half pounds on the bar, what stops you from getting the fifth rep? Just I feel too weak. I, well, it's not, then it's not the labral tear is not doing that then. All right. Okay. Well, my question was, is it possible that the bodybuilding work that I did before on the bench, because that was the only exercise I really did, which was probably a mistake, but is it yeah. possible that that lift is just done, or do I just have to keep on gaining weight and keep going? What are you benching? Uh, about 180 for 3 by 5 No. No, you're not. Your, your bench is not peaked out. <laughs> you're, you're, benching, you're benching body weight. For three sets of five. No, sir. That's not the problem. All right. So just keep with the food. Right. Eat more. Get your body weight up. At 5'11", 180, you're still underweight. And uh, if you... Uh, uh, are, are you are you taking appropriate jumps in the bench? You're not taking trying to take five-pound jumps in the bench, are you? I'm going 2.5 pounds uh, jumps. I recently ordered some 1.25 place actually. I I think you need to take some uh, smaller jumps. Try two pound jumps. You know, get equipped to take appropriate jumps. The bench and the press don't go up five pounds at a time. They may not go up two and a half pounds at a time. As long as they go up something, every workout you're getting stronger. And time adds the thing up to actual bench press, but at one, at your body weight for three sets of five, you're not even close to doing this.
if the pain in your shoulder is not the is not the bottleneck at the end of the set, then that injury is not causing the problem. Okay. Okay. And right. is that uh, maybe would that be a problem on the press? The labral tear. Yes, because that does hurt does, a lot when I press. It does hurt when you press. Yes. Well, this indicates the direction of that tear. All right. Uh, if you've got a labral tear, how did you get this? Do you know? Uh, tennis, actually. I played tennis a few years Well, competitive, I, and I uh, went up for it. I think it probably needs to be repaired. Labral surgery is usually fairly successful. You're probably going to want to get it fixed at some point uh, so that you can – uh, that way you remove that variable from your training. And if you want to play tennis again, you can do that. But I, at your age, I would have that fixed. I would certainly, at my age, I would not. But at your age, I would have it fixed. Okay? But but that's not the problem with the bench press. Okay? All right. Thanks for the call. Is that good enough to finish? That's good enough. All right. I think we got enough, don't you think? Yeah. It's, you know, people people have already hung up because we're we're through with uh i mean you know people have a finite amount of patience for this shit you know, you know not everybody can do a two hour and 45 minute podcast and retain all the listeners to the dead ass end of it i certainly can't i don't expect anyone to be able to tolerate my ass for two hours and 45 minutes i have a hard time doing that myself at some point during the day, I just have to take a nap because I'm tired of dealing with myself. All right? So, you know, it's understandable. Well, anyway, thank you guys for being with us today. And uh, these little call-in things are fun. You know, they're easy for us to do. You'll notice the absence of any preparation. Just coffee. On your part, fuck. You mean you have to do things for Oh, this? no, no, I don't. Yeah. What do you have to do nothing, for this? No, you nothing. Plug some stuff in yeah. and get the phone on the, you know, That's it. on the desk. No big deal. See the phone? I mean, what did she do? She didn't do shit. She didn't do a goddamn nothing. thing. She printed out four pages like of comments from the two haters minutes before we and started. sat on her dead ass the whole time over there and did that to the camera yeah. once. All right. Uh-huh. Well, fine. Right. Scrolled Instagram a bunch, probably. Yeah, I looked at porn, whatever it is she does. Whatever she does the... on it, yeah. Well, anyway. Okay, thanks for being here. We'll see you next Friday at Starting Strength Radio.